Welcome back to Feed the Post. I am your host, Joe, Joe Jackson. Joining me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Aiden Koontz. We haven't done an actual pod, so I'll ask you, Aiden, how's, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I wish Miami would have won for my wallet. I had them. I, we did like a random draw of teams out of hats, and I had Miami. So I was kind of – I had Miami and Texas. So I was rooting for Texas last week. Miami wins. I was kind of holding out hope, but, you know. It is what it is. Uh, UConn's a wagon, so uh, you know I wasn't really getting my hopes up with that. But yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. It was a good night of hoop. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first game, and we'll get to it in a sec, was phenomenal of FAU San Diego State. Um, yeah. First, that was the first true, like true buzzer beater of the tourney, right? Like I, there was the yes. Furman, but Furman was still with like two seconds. Yeah, true, because it was the first one since Suggs, I think, in the in the COVID one, um, is what I had seen. Okay, so, so in a couple years, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so that's always fun. Um, and just tweeting out that we're live really quick, and then we'll get into this. But yeah, really great night of hoops. UConn just looks like they're the best team, um, and, and they showed it today. And Miami was able to do a little bit to get back in. Um, San Diego State just eventually plays their style of ball, and and it, and it works. Um, and yeah, that's just that's just what it is. Uh, sorry, I'm bad at multitasking. No, you're good. We All right, see. there we go. Now yeah. we're good. We're going to talk about FAU San Diego State first. San Diego State wins 72 to 71 over FAU, a game that FAU led for 31 minutes and 42 seconds. I have, you know, stat broadcast, and we can bring that up in a minute. Um, it's just a game that FAU, like, you know, they, in the lead time shows, like they just dominated the first 30 minutes. That first half, especially, it was just like, Man, I mean, we were, you know, in our group chat and that we were talking like, oh, yeah, FAU can beat UConn. Like, FAU can definitely do that. Um, and they just end up not winning. And I know a little bit was the refs for sure. I don't think, excuse me, I don't think they were great at all in the second half. Um, and I talked to you, know, I think that I honestly thought FAU had a favorable whistle, whistle the first 10 minutes, but then the last 10, they definitely did not. Yeah. And if you're a team, you want those, like, if it's going to be like that, you want those reversed for sure. Um, and then SD, you know, San Diego State just they played enough defense. FAU made some uncharacteristic plays. I really thought so down those last 10 minutes, just like um, you know, Davis wasn't great. He had the, the full court pass thing and, and just some of the shots that they were taking, I thought wasn't quite in the rhythm. Um, they got away from the drives and kicks, it felt like a bit. And, and San Diego State just kind of lives and dies by we're gonna take tough jumpers and hopefully. Our, our score is higher than yours. Not even that they make enough, just hopefully our score is higher than yours. Uh, so what are your thoughts from the game and, and as we dive into it? Yeah, I, I definitely agree that um, FAU dominated for the majority of the game. Um, I thought they were just rolling. I mean, Martin was playing so well. Um, you know, just they, they were just doing everything they pretty much wanted to do. Um, it was their kind of game, up and down. Like I said, a, a fairly favorable whistle in that they weren't, you know – this is always a game that if the refs were going to let them play, it, it would it would benefit FAU um, because, yeah. you know, they can get up and down. They like to get, uh, you know, into transition, um, you know, but I think as, as the game tightened up and when they got out to that 14-point lead and it kind of felt like they were going to run away with it, you know, San Diego State answers with a couple key buckets there to, to kind of stem the tide. And then we just get into a, a – yeah, I, I really felt the whistle not – necessarily that um you know it cost them the game or anything it, it just got them out of the type of game they want to play and it made it more of a half court game and 
and now all of a sudden instead of you know getting rebound on a miss and running you're you're at the line and whether or not they make those free throws which they by and large didn't if they yeah. had it might have been an easier win for san diego state honestly yeah. um but they were they were bricking free throws at the line but point being and getting like, every offensive board off yeah of and that, that was the big piece that i think kind of flipped was was fau just couldn't get an offensive rebound over and over again you know um the the way that san diego state plays it it just generates a lot of weird rebounds because they're not the greatest shots obviously um you know from all over the court i think i don't know of their shot chart or anything but it felt like just weird long twos you know threes whatever from from every part of the court and so i think it you know it, it and i thought just this sort of that um grown man toughness showed up yep. you know bradley i mean it just felt like he was just there at every offensive rebound with, with huge muscular frame he was just bigger than everybody else um getting to offensive boards you know running them down whatever and then yeah like i said i i think again there are a few tough ones real tough ones that the golden block stands out i mean that that was just a block and they, they call it you know they're gonna miss some stuff um and, and you're frozen again so i don't know yeah. if you want to hop out i can keep talking um you know and and then like you said fau got uncharacteristically you know stagnant in the half court and and i thought to your point john l davis really struggled he he really did not seem like he was locked in from a decision-making perspective um, not to say he didn't make a couple nice plays he, he certainly did um, with that herky-jerky style of his but you know yeah he just wasn't quite um, his usual self it didn't feel like and and made some poor decisions down the stretch um, I even thought on the inbound there late like just throw it into golden but he locked in on a guy who was who was you know denied be throwing it into gold, maybe they could have just run a little get action, played out of the corner there a little bit, and, and been a little more fluid than having to draw something up all the way over again. So, yeah, they're just uncharacteristic. Not the FAU team we've seen all season, or or certainly for the first thirty minutes of that game. And and San Diego State, obviously, we know they're never going to stop coming at you with different waves of guys, and they kept coming and kept coming, and eventually, like they, you know, but we haven't even said it that they obviously went on a tough shot where guy rises up and it was just perfect it was perfect mechanics and and yeah the absolute perfect ending to that game and i i tweeted it i did not the two seconds when he like kind of snatched back we're talking about the butler game winner obviously when he kind of snatched back with two seconds left at, on the baseline i was like oh he's literally not getting a shot up like i thought he lost control and i was just like yeah this is this is they lost they're not getting a shot up gets control pulls up drills it um an iconic moment that you know, that's going to be one that's going to be brought up for a long, long time. Uh, pure buzzer beater in the final four. Like, it, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, we'll pull up the stats here. I'll pull up, actually, real quick, just because you were talking about it. Here's the shot chart. Um, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. So, oh, that checks can, out. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, lot of mid-ranges here. You can see FAU is more threes uh, in the rim. And then, you know, they have a couple middies that they missed. San Diego State's just... Hey man, if 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 you if you're confident in your shot, chuck it up there, uh, and and it's worked for them so far in this tourney. So, because that's yeah. just what it is, right? It's it's like it isn't pretty, and this is where personally I found I found myself, and it doesn't make sense, and I know it doesn't make sense, but I found myself rooting for San Diego State for honestly most of the game. Really, and like I'm I you know you know me I'm a, I'm a process guy. I like the analytics. I like efficient right. basketball. Good good actions on offense, which is. FAU to a T, San Diego State's not. And for some reason, I was just drawn to it. I, I just the the physicality and like 
like they just don't the way that they play doesn't look like they should win always or a lot of times to me honestly but they just do um and i yeah for i don't know why but i i did just find myself drawn to it um yeah and i think they i think they kind of lull you to sleep a little bit too i mean there was a lot of talk about and and i i am i'm the opposite i mean i was rooting for fau unabashedly but at the same time like there was a lot of talk i think going into the game of like oh, FAU gets a lead, like, there's no way this San Diego State team could come back. But the reality is they string so many stops together, you know, or yeah. they can at times that if you get a little unfocused or bored with your lead, uh, as I think young teams have a tendency to do, and we got to remember there's a huge age discrepancy in this game. Um, so FAU gets that lead, and and then, you know, it, it it's just not safe against the San Diego State team because they're not going to stop. They're going to keep coming. Um, and I think, again, you have to have – we saw it with Miami and UConn. If you can't string stops together, you can't make a comeback. And, yep. and yeah, you can have all the explosive offense you want, but I think their ability to just just drag you slowly into the mud. They did it to Creighton. They did it to Alabama. Both yep. those teams have way more offensive talent than them. But, again, they, they've, they came back from leads because the other team got stagnant for whatever reason, whether they were calling fouls or not, a lot of times not. But you know what? They're not who's complaining. They're not complaining about that. You know, I mean, they're not apologizing for that, you know. So who cares? Like to make force the ref to call the 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 foul. And if they're not going to, okay, sorry, we're moving on, you know. And and they've done that to basically three straight teams that were pretty clearly by the eye test more talented than them. And that's just yeah, that's been San Diego State's MO. Like I don't recall the exact scores of the Bama and the Creighton games, but it was either close. Like it was, I think it was pretty close both times, or maybe the Crane game. Crane might have even been up a bit at half. I don't know if you remember. Oh, they were up. They were up. Yeah. Yeah. Crane was up, like, and both games, and it wasn't quite to the extent in this game, but it was similar. Like the Bama and Crane game, they just had a eight minute stretch of insane defense, and then they just went on a heater and just drilled all their jumpers. Um, I don't think there was as much of a like heater stretch that san diego state went on today but it was just a lot of more grind like you said like just it was a slower like wear down um it was interesting right because like that's who san diego state is wear teams down just force mistakes towards the end but fau is legit nine deep i mean they were looking at the stats here for because this will be going up on the audio platform everybody for fau played at least 12 minutes um like they have the team that can kind of balance the the physicality, it seems. I mean, you look at San Diego State's minutes. Uh, seven guys play twenty plus minutes. One well, only one guy plays thirty. It's Bradley, and then two are double digits. Total yeah. fourteen. Like yeah, and like the FAU's shown an ability to play these kind of teams really well. I mean, Tennessee yeah. is is like that, you know. But I think just think any team, whether you're deep or not. I mean, when you get a lead like that in the Final Four, I think you're you're naturally it's difficult to to uh, uh, prevent a little bit of resting on your laurels um, yeah. as much as, you know, from the fans perspective, it's like, well, come on, you can, you know, you're up big. You were in the final four. Like it's just kind of human nature. Um, you get a little more comfortable, you get a little more stagnant. And yeah, like you said, I, I don't think they were able to find that rhythm again and, and just standing around watching them shoot free throws, you know, not being able to get out and run. And, and all of a sudden it's five, it's six. You're looking up that scoreboard. It's eight points. It's six. It's four, you know, and now you're starting to get tight, and I think they got tight yep. and, and down the stretch. There didn't, just didn't, yeah, it didn't feel like they had a real. Um, felt, felt like watching a lot of Miami, really, which was just kind of standing around, maybe take a guy off the dribble, whatever. 
but not yeah. really run too much action. Yeah, and I have the second half stats here. Like, more aside from Martin, who just he went off. Um, yeah, we'll talk awesome. about him. I, we should probably talk about him a bit. Like, three point shooting was three of eight for FAU. Like, that's you know that's what you expect. SDSU is four of seven in the second half, which is big. But then what is that? That's five of sixteen from two with yeah. seven turnovers in just the second half for FAU. Compare that to you know eight of twenty one, which still isn't great from two at all. Um, but only three turnovers for San Diego State. Like yeah. just yeah. force, yeah, force mistakes that FAU really doesn't. Um, you know, Martin was led the game with 26. Bradley showed up for the first five minutes, and yeah. then, like the last five minutes, at least for scoring the ball. Uh, and they, you know, they needed every single one of the buckets. They go nine of 18 from three, which is I don't know what their season percentage is off the top of my head. I they're not like a great three-point shooting team. So no, and I mean, there's really feel there's that some shot variance there too. Yeah, it didn't really feel that way. It didn't feel like they were 50% from three just watching the just game. Because they were all tough. Literally, yeah, like, yeah. three of Bradley's were just, like, jab step. I'm pulling this with your hand yeah. in my face. And it yeah, just no, he matter. was impressive. He was impressive. He and Martin were really stellar. I like Martin's game a lot. He's uh, – I think they were talking about him having a football background. You can kind of see that. Yeah, that makes sense. That explosive yeah. athlete. You know, probably – I mean, I don't know what year he is or anything, but I think he could definitely play in the league, so – uh, just another guy where it's like, okay, yep, we got this other dude who could just go off, you know, to have yeah. that level of talent at FAU's level is, is pretty insane that they're, that they have like as many dudes as they do. Martin's a sophomore. So, okay. Um, yeah. And he, and or, most of these guys weren't, no, weren't, he's a, he's a junior. Sorry. Okay. Ken Palm had it weird. Um, uh, but I do but, think all, we did say that everyone can come back except Forrest, right? So Forrest. Yeah. yeah. Last thing before we jump to Miami, Yukon and then, preview the championship what did you think of golden playing down the stretch because i thought it sh- i thought it should have been rosado um i don't yeah, know if it's fair. a different think, opinion or at least a reason why maybe it was no golden. i just think that i think rosado's just t- in your mind you're thinking gosh he's gonna get exposed by mensa or or liddy or one of those That's guys fair. on the other end you know i i loved his game i mean the fadeaways were awesome they kind of yeah. random just not great shots but for him they are you know and and but yeah, Golden, and he really hurt him at the free throw line. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he really did the, down the stretch there, missing a couple, um, you know, free throws. He was throws. one of five from the line. Yeah, and it felt like that was late. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I and I thought defensively too, it wasn't like because that's you know that's the thing is Golden's a, a big rim protector. Yeah, San Jose wasn't just going to take it to the rim really, and when they did, I didn't think Golden really impacted. So then no, I think, didn't either. I didn't I, think that's where I thought you'd well. take Rosado with a little bit more of the offensive upside, but I think that's uh, fair. No, I think it's fair. I'm just that's kind of why I think yeah probably did that. And and they said he was trying to go offense defense at some point. I don't know if that ever really manifested yeah, it worked out. I don't think it did, but yeah, yeah. Well, we can jump to and we'll you know we'll talk about San Diego State again in a second. Right um, after we talk about UConn beating Miami 72 to 59, I believe that was the final score. Yes, it was. Um, Miami makes a couple runs in the second half, but this was just UConn. Um, and we were, you know, as we talked before a bit, the, before the show, it wasn't the prettiest, like, I don't, this wasn't like an A plus UConn game by any means. Um, but he just kind of flexed their muscle and we're just like, yeah, we have the most pieces. Um, and I think this shows like at the end of the day and, you know, there's debate, there's you need guards in March. I think that's proven. I don't think that's there. Any you can't deny that, right? You need you need guards in March. 
But at the end of the day, and it makes sense, right? Just in basketball in general, the more versatility you have, the better you are. UConn has good wings. They don't, I guess they have, I mean, they have guards, but they're more wing type players, I think, for the most part. Like they have the ability to knock down threes. They have the ability to dominate the glass. They have the ability to throw it to Sonogo and just let him feast. They have the ability to get Sonogo and Cleegan on rolls or push or, you know, like they have all these different things. Miami is very much a, you know, guard wing. We're going to attack. We're going to push. We're going to put up threes um, and we're going to beat you with elite shot making. When that isn't there, what do you fall on? Uh, for UConn, they could, you know, something's not there. They can go somewhere else. And, and I think that's just really what, that's just really what stood out to me. It's just like the more versatility you have, the better you are. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's like a, well, duh statement, but like, I think it just really, really stood out to me. Um, UConn's the best team. Like, and if we're going to, you know, there's, I'm also a, fa- uh, a believer in like March Madness is the absolute worst way to pick a champion, a champion, but it is the by far the most fun. Um, UConn might just be the most, most deserving team period this year. Like, it especially, and I know it's you can't just be like, oh, just exclude this, and then they're amazing. Like, but it, it really was. It just it was a one month stretch. They were absolutely terrible. You can't like take that away, but also like they were dominant pretty much everywhere besides that month. Um, and yeah. So no. I think that's just kind of shown in March. No, it has, and they I mean it's not like they've. This isn't a one seed where they got a sixteen and then a bad eight nine. Like they had to play. Rick Patino in the first round. Yeah. Uh, you know, then a St. Mary's team in the second round and and so on and so forth. Ultimately, I think Arkansas was maybe a little bit of a break, but you know, Gonzaga and now Miami. So yeah, no, they they are certainly the most the best team up to this point. I think a few things stood out to me. Um yeah, I think Blake Widmer makes a good point. I, I think Omir was really outplayed. He he was yeah. really outclassed by both. No go to Klingon's unfair. Yeah, no, it's unfair. And, and I think if you don't his his inability to stretch the floor stood out. I mean, mm-hmm. because they they he's he's really good in ball screens usually, but it just doesn't matter as much against their their drop. And um, UConn just got guards who can who really, you know, they stepped up and they locked down the the Miami guards. I mean, it it, it was not an easy showing for those guys at all. And it, it's all all the guys. I mean, it's not just Jackson who I know is their primary defender. They didn't have him for 16 minutes in the first half. Yeah. When he got sat with two fouls. So like it's guys like Newton, it's it's Hawkins who, you know, again was on like a stomach bug or whatever. It, even Calcaterra stepping in there, like that's a hell of an eighth man, you know. And and I mean, yeah. you know, Aline played well tonight, I thought. Um, you know, like Caravan's awesome for being a freshman, especially he had so. some big shots, it felt like yeah, he is just a couple of those just like we're gonna shut down kind of Miami's run and keep him at bay. I wonder what his ceiling is. I mean, in college, because the fact that he's, I mean, he's so cerebral. I don't yeah. know if he's athletic. I mean, I can't really ever picture him taking guys off the bounce necessarily, but maybe. I mean, who, who want, don't want to put a ceiling on the guy, but yeah, uh, really impressive player for as young as he is. And then Newton, I thought was great. You know, Newton was really good and, and was, was step for step with most of those UConn guards. And so I think it's definitely one of those, like, the parts or whatever the, the hole is bigger than the sum of its parts or however you say that phrase. Yeah, I always, I always mix that up because it, it even though Sonogo is a uh, is a star, certainly he's not. You know, they they just have a bunch of dudes, and and not not none of them are necessarily overwhelming. Um, but I think when all put together, it's like who, where do we go if you're an opposing team? What do we do here? You know, we yeah. we can't 
there's just too many threats, too many guys who are just cerebral, like you said, decision makers at every spot, great dribble pass shoot guys at every spot. Um, and and then, you know, an identity of, hey, ultimately we're going to get it to Sonogo. I think Hurley and, and that staff from an X's and O's standpoint are so, so good. They run some good I mean, stuff. The, the, the end of the half ATO where they got, they ran that little backside hammer play, got Caravan a three. You know, that's just one example of just an awesome night from them, especially. That was a that was a great play with great players, like because the play is the hammer screen for the guy in the corner. That's you know he reads that covered, and it was it was Caravan, right? Or yeah, he slipped out of it essentially. Yeah, slipped out, and and Newton I think made the pass. Like yeah, Newton. Yep. Just a great read off of a great play too. Yeah, and then that's the thing: if you can mix an awesome X's and O's coach with players who can make those kind of reads like that's where you're cooking. I thought a couple of the high low stuff they ran getting Calcaterra yeah. to throw it in there was awesome too. Kind of reminded me of watching uh these guys back here. As I know that was a long time ago, but uh Purdue but, for for audio podcasts. Yeah, audio guys. Too. Purdue uh this is a nice little reminder of that team that yeah. Uh, no, is, their high low stuff and the seals for Sonogo, I thought they were elite like they were it yeah. felt like and Sonogo's so good. Like he just like he just bodies people. Um, yeah, like, he bullied Omir for sure. Oh yeah, like one hundred percent. And I don't think that's as much of a fault as Omir. It's just like Sonogo's good. Then UConn puts him in a good spot. Um, you know, like you said, they I think they run a, real, a lot of good stuff. Like they really, really do. They're constantly moving. And then it's just like if you know, like if Miami was like, okay, we're gonna try to take away Sonogo now. You know, UConn's like, all right, we have four guys, three, three and a half guys on the perimeter. Um, the half being Jackson of like we can knock down threes or with the, everybody's just like we'll take you off the bounce we don't care, um, and then Jackson's you know an elite he doesn't shoot well but he's an elite facilitator. Um, bringing this to Purdue just real quick like if Ethan Morton just had the athleticism of Jackson, yeah, it's a yeah. good comparison. I mean, it's really, it'd, it'd be what it would be what he was. Um, he's like a caravan almost <laughs> a little bit, yeah. but he doesn't shoot as well. No, um, but we'll keep it back. UConn, Miami, you know, this, uh, we can pull up the stats here real quick um, and then talk, you know, preview the championship. Um, but, you know, this was just a game like what I don't didn't Miami, Miami cut it with to double or single digits at some point. But when mm-hmm. we look at the first half, nine of 36 uh, for Miami for overall and uh, doesn't say attempts at the rim. I think I could get that here. Great thing about doing this live. Yeah, I know they missed what fourteen layups. Uh, eight of twenty-three layups for Miami. Yeah, 15, yeah. And in the first half, oh, it doesn't say first half. Eight of twenty-three at the rim, or ten of twenty-five, including dunks. Ten of twenty-five, so that's forty percent. Um, and that's your that's your game right there, right? You yeah. you can't shoot forty percent at the rim in, in a March Madness game and expect to win. No. A lot of it is UConn, like you like, and you know, like you said, not being able to pull out, um, Sonogo and Klingon. Now they, you know, with Omir, like if Omir could stretch and be a legit threat, now you maybe they have to take a step out. Right. They didn't really have to. Um, and now you're just running into Sonogo or, or Klingon, and Klingon's awesome. Like um, yeah. we can see well, how many blocks did he end up with? It probably only was a couple, but yeah, he only had one block, but he affected everything it felt like. Um, yeah, it was a loud block too, wasn't it? And, yeah. and boy, they, yeah, the Klingon, I mean, he, he at times – for me, and I've obviously watched a lot of UConn this year just because they've been so good. Like, sometimes he just doesn't really make much of an impact. And, you know, it's kind of because he's just a freshman or whatever. Tonight he made a huge impact in his 13 minutes, um, just impacting everything around him. Um, I think 
Yeah, this I do remember this. That that was a big shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, where Wong, yeah, the the fast break. He definitely got fouled on that one. Um, so that was tough. Uh, but again, like like you said, I just thought their guys didn't quite hit a lot of the shots they've been hitting all tournament. Um, whether it was Wong, um, Pack, I thought was a little timid. You know, hit a couple threes, but never felt like he got in a rhythm. Um, Poplar was just non-existent. Um, and and seven. Yeah, just needed more from him. And then Miller, like, I know he can hit that turnaround, um, but but even he felt like some shots that he's made this tournament didn't go either. And, and Omir was just neutralized. So, yeah, it, it, it was a combination, I think, of Miami missing some good looks. Certainly at the rim, Wong missed a few that were they impacted. Yeah, can he should he make them? Does he make them? Yeah, most of the time, you know. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know. It, it, it felt like a little bit of – a little bit of both as far as UConn, but I was their first half defense was so good. UConn, oh, uh, and then the what? second half it was kind of just trading buckets, you know. Yeah, I mean they held them to twenty four in the first half. One of the yeah, what a, top ten offense, whatever. I don't know what their exact number is at this point, but yeah, um, yeah. And looking at the stats, right? Like UConn went nine to twenty six from three, and I was just like, man, that feels way off. Obviously, it's right, but they went six to thirteen in the first half too, and that's part of it. Is, is yeah, they have guys that can get on these heaters. Um, I think they're, you know, they're a solid shooting team pretty much everywhere. Really, Jackson, and then, I mean, I guess not Sonogo. I was going to say Jackson and the bigs, but Sonogo knocks down two today. Right. Um, Klingon's obviously not a threat from three, but, like, everybody else at least has respect from the three-point line, if not is considered a shooter. And so, you know, first half, Miami goes 3 of 10 from three. UConn goes 6 of 13 from three. Miami goes 6 of 26 from two, and UConn goes 8 of 15. Um, and, and, and that was just it. And Miami couldn't quite, you know, they played them. They played even in the second half, 35, 35, just not able to overcome it. Um, at the end of the day, UConn 19 assists compared to Miami 10. I don't know if you want to touch on Miami, not really moving the ball or, yeah. or just ISOing first half. And then maybe we can move on to the preview in the championship. Yeah. I'll just hit on it quick. Cause I know we want to preview it, but, um, yeah, it just was a lot of ISO ball. It was bad shot selection. It, it was just standing around. And, and part of that is because. You know, they didn't have where to go, a lot of places to go with the UConn defense, um, especially with, like I said earlier, you know, not being able to play five out, really, because uh, they didn't respect Omir. But, yeah, and, and I've watched, I think, pretty much every Miami game other than the Drake one. I remember I couldn't watch that, but pretty much every Miami game. And, and like, the, it feels like they're more of a structured freedom kind of thing, you know, where I, I had been impressed in recent – um viewings of Miami this tournament where they just shared the ball felt like they found the open man driving kick obviously is is their base never really running sets per se um but certainly a little bit more ball movement a little bit more flow um and just felt like UConn took them out of what everything they wanted to do including their rhythm offensively they, they just really stood around there were long possessions where it, it was not until you know the last seven seconds of the shot clock where they got going and you ask any college coach, they'll tell you, you know, that we, we want to score before those last seven seconds because those last seven seconds is is ISO time, you know. And, yeah. and it felt like Miami wasn't really making much of an effort. Kind of just felt like swing, swing, pull it out, whatever. Um, so just again, I, I just don't want to I don't want to just gloss over how good UConn was defensively. But it felt like, OK, they're just kind of standing around. Let's get something going here, you know. Um, and it just it to me, it really didn't really ever happen. And, and I think really like we said earlier missed opportunities when it did happen uh, yep. at the yeah yeah they they caught it couldn't quite get it UConn's also just been they've just been dominant I'm looking I have their Ken Palm pulled up like 
since so January 25th, they lose at home to Xavier by three. So that's you know, losing at home is not great. Since then, so January 31st on, their two losses are at Creighton by three in middle February, and then they lost to Marquette by two in the Big East tourney. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've won every other game since besides that, with oh man, one, two, three, four, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of those coming by 12 of those wins coming by double digits. Um, so 12 of like the 15 in that stretch, 13 and 12 of the 13 in that stretch by double digits. So like you, you conscious straight up good. Can San Diego state beat them? You um, think that again, or what do you, maybe I frame it differently. Cause I assume we both will lean UConn for picking, yeah. but like what does San Diego state need to do? You think to make it a game? Hmm. Well, I know it's a six-point line. Um, okay. So Vegas, not a, not a big believer there in San Diego State. Um, I don't know. I I think keep it within striking distance. You know, from a game management perspective, and then kind of try to do what you did tonight, and then grind it out. Um, I think I think Bradley can kind of score over anybody, so I, I would look at him. Um, I think if they can take away Sonogo in a way that or the bigs, I should say, not just Sonogo, but I think they do have the, the big defenders to make that a problem. And maybe now you start to try and make a Hawkins who may still be sick, um, a Newton, whoever make them beat you. Um, you know, at that point you're feeling a little bit better. Uh, Sonogo will get his, he's a great player, but you know, if the, the, the combo of a Roop and, Mensa and Lagi or Ladi, whatever his name is, like if that 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 trio, and I know they have another guy I think that comes in who's big too. Parish, yeah, I mean, Parish. Um, someone else who's kind of awkward but pretty good. Maybe not. Maybe it's just those three. But Mensa, a rope, Johnson, yeah, yeah Johnson, Johnson. John, I mean, Johnson's more of a wing anyway. But either way, like, yeah, line's already a seven and a half, I guess. So that's yeah, not a lot of belief. Uh, I think I'd be closer than that. I, yeah. I guess I'll just say that right now. I do think they'll it'll be single digits, just maybe just because it's the natty. Um, but like I said, I, I think you gotta your game plan's gotta be trying to take those guys away because you've got the guys who can do it. Yeah, Musa, yep. Musa and Johnson. So like you can throw a bunch of guys at them, you can hack them. You know, you you got you know you got guys behind them who can come in and, and do a serviceable job as well. So you you got to take those guys away. Um, certainly, you know, be very careful. I I would maybe. You know, when they're trying to run some of that high-low stuff, maybe you just say to take the worst shooter and help off of him, um, you know, and maybe yeah. take a chance and then try to get into a rotation game. Um, I, I think I'd be okay with that. But, yeah, you can't you can't let those guys, you know, just feast. Yeah. You probably, yeah, you probably need to turn it into a jump shooting fest, and then you just hope that, like, Hawkins and that just don't go nuclear, which yeah. they can do. Um, yeah, but that's how you'd like to be beaten if you're going to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, probably want to slow the game way down. And I know UConn's fine playing that way, too. They're not, like, a, a super fast. But, like, probably limit possessions. You know, really just try to grind it out. The one area, um, as I pull this up to get the exact stats, you know, UConn's 236th in turnover percentage. Um, San Diego State doesn't force, like, the most. But they have the physicality. They have the length. And I think that's the biggest – I think that's why – like, honestly, I think San Diego State's a better matchup or – is yeah, they're a better matchup against UConn than Miami was just because like they have guys oh, yeah. that can at least battle. Um, like you said, with Mensa, Johnson, and and Parrish and uh a rope, like and just just everybody in general, right? Besides maybe Tremel, who's 5'10 guard, 
everybody just is strong. Like they're Bradley's a strong six four. Like Ladie's strong. Like everybody's everybody has muscle and, and can kind of bang down low and, and battle. Uh, and so I think that poses more of a problem. If San Diego State can can slow it down and like you said, limit the inside, I think that's probably what it is. You just live with the outside stuff, um, which is easier said than done because UConn runs such great stuff and they'll run, you know handoffs and, and on the weak side have like a stagger coming off or you know ricky actions or white whatever just like they run such good stuff that it's not like a oh just sell out on the middle and, and then you know things are easy like but if they can do that and then they just you you gotta have good shot making it, it's or they probably have to have better shot making than what they did today or at least close to it yeah um, this was one of you know this was one of their better shot making games but like it's just who they are. I think they're in like the 96th percentile for mid-ranges attempts per game. Um, they just take a ton. They don't make a ton. And, and so I can't you can't say like, oh, just get away from who you are and what got you here. But uh some of those, some of those have to fall. The tough ones are gonna have to fall. If they can hit the tough ones, slow the game down, maybe force some turnovers, then yeah, I think they have I think they have a legit chance. I do um, too. I still think UConn wins, but I, I do think it'll be I changed my tune when I for when we picked when I made the final selections on our um, recap Purdue recap show from a couple of days ago, if anybody listening, definitely go check that out on, on YouTube Brags and stands. Um, I picked UConn and San Diego state. And then I said, UConn would roll San Diego state. Um, I, I do think San Diego state keeps it. Even if they, maybe they end up losing by 10 because of fouls and stuff like that. I do think they keep it within reach. And it's not like today where it's just like, yeah, this game's kind of over at the, you know, five right. minutes into the second half. Yeah, they got to play better. The shot making uh, from the free throw line needs to be better. Yeah. Um, I think that'll that'll be the other big factor is is how's the sure. game officiated. You know, I mean, how, how is the game officiated? I think if it, if I think San Diego State is again like if they keep getting the whistle they've gotten, I think they'll be in good shape for the most part. You know, not yeah. not that that's the reason they're here. It's certainly not, but it, it is helpful in the fact that that's kind of how they've decided to play. And so again, like. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they get some favorable calls. Hurley maybe starts to go nuts. You know, UConn starts to get frustrated, and that could make it a little interesting. I had Miami, San Diego State, so and I had Miami winning all, so I'm already out. Uh, but you know, hey, I think I, at this point, yeah, I have you have to take UConn. I mean, it's just you know, yeah, just, I'm just they're, giving up they're, one pick against them. I, I've tried over and over again because I just don't really like them. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, if this is gonna be a super physical game, yeah, uh, yeah. Like you, I think UConn's offense is too good for it to be completely gross. But like, man, if if shots aren't falling, there there's a chance. If this is a jump shooting turns into a jump shooting game, and shot like there's a chance shots just don't fall, and this is like a sixty-two to fifty-nine game. That's true. Um, both are pretty slow. Both are pretty physical. Like, yeah. I, I, but uh, all I want is I just want a close game. I don't I, I don't know if I really care who wins. Like I'm cool with San Diego State winning. I've liked watching them as ugly as it may be and, and you know I, I i'm cool with like a high power mid-major quote-unquote mid-major like winning it all but then also if uconn wins like they're the most deserving and i have no issue with them getting it um so i'm just yeah close game is all i really want yeah that'd be nice certainly be nice um obviously especially with the the late night tip as games always are uh so we'll stay up there and uh, on a monday night and see how that yep. goes but yeah i'm sure we'll i don't know if we'll do a I don't know. Do you want to do a thing right after again, or do you want to go Tuesday? I don't care either way, really. But... I'm down. I'm down to go right after. All, All right. right. So we'll be live right after yep. uh, on this channel. 
Um, yep. For the we'll we'll put it on the audio too. Tomorrow night, Caitlin Clark going for yeah. her, her title. So that'll be exciting. That's that's uh, gonna be good because I mean you I'm assuming you watched the Iowa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, that game that was that game plan was perfect. It's literally like yeah. legit, like legit four on. It was almost three on five at times. And I had off, like. Yeah, it was it was fascinating. I hadn't seen any really any of South Carolina other than like just in passing. So I mean, I didn't really realize that it was that. I mean, those are you got to take those if only yeah. for respect, you know. Yeah, I and mean, she maybe- was, she went. There was a screen. It wasn't even a screen. Like, Caitlin Clark was defending. You know, her 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 person at the top. Right. And then she like she moved, and there was somebody a South Carolina player on the block. She went under, on the block, like. It was crazy. Like, that's I, insane. You got to like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, okay. Was- and this is what I don't get. And, and, you know, if we, Ethan Warren got it, some is just like, yeah, is it like, and, and I don't know, I'm not going to act like I know the personnel insanely well. So yeah, that could be part of it. It's a little bit right. like, why do they not attack? Like what was right. You know, just if, unless you're like really not a ball handler, like why do you not just attack? You know, get to the 15, 12, 15 foot mark and then see what happens. At least just yeah. once or twice, just to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it it's psychologically jarring, I'm sure, for yeah. a player, you know, to be disrespected in that fashion um, that maybe you almost kind of freeze up. But yeah, certainly I think, like, and, and I mean, if you don't want to attack, just chuck it up and hope that Aliyah Boston goes and, you know, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, and then now they have to guard you at least a little bit if you prove you can you'll shoot them you know so i don't know yep. it, it was crazy but uh yeah that's gonna be a great game tomorrow night i don't know what the Kaylin line Clark is nuts yeah she's awesome and, and angel reese is pretty awesome in her own right so oh yeah be a fun so one. that should be a good one um definitely tune that check it check that out anybody that is listening 3 30 eastern um lsu has been really good kaylin clark it, 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 nothing needs nothing really needs to be said about her back-to-back 40 point games one of them being a triple double to get iowa to the championship like just unreal stuff the shot making the drives like the the game she processes the game at just a different level than most people period on earth yeah um, it, yep. it's unreal to watch so uh we will be back like we said after the championship game i and you got anything else no i'm good see you guys All Monday right. night Yep, we will be back live after the UConn-San Diego State game, hopefully a close game, and then we'll talk about that. Um, and then we'll get into offseason stuff, and, and we'll kind of let you guys all know what the plan is with that as that happens. But appreciate everybody tuning in, and then we will catch you in the next one.